Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to what is now episode 11, believe it or not, of the Strictly NFL podcast. It's never been a worse time in my life, honestly. <laughs> Got Jeff with me again. Never um, a worse time in your life. That's... <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, goddamn if it didn't feel like that this Sunday. Before we hop into uh, the thick of things, I want to remind everybody listening, this, the Strickland does have an Instagram at the uh, the strict.land, the YouTube where you're probably watching this, at the Strickland. And they also have a Patreon, which has a $3, $6, $9 tier. If you're watching this on YouTube, the rest of this podcast is going to be in that $9 tier. Um, for the $3 tier, you get access to our Strickland Discord, which I'm in there all the time talking football. Um, you get access to talk to guys like Schwinn, Stacy, Jeff, um, and, and the rest of the guys over here. Uh, and the $6 tier gets you a bunch of different perks. I believe that is the tier that gets you uh, the... Takes from Obvious Bozo's podcast with Zach and Doug, which was funny this week. And uh, that also gets you the Shrick and Roll, I believe, where Schwinn does his solo pod about the Knicks. So, a bunch of stuff for you guys to check out over there. Um, secondly, anything betting that you hear us reference in this podcast comes from Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs, where you can get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for numerous sports, uh, baseball, even though the World Series is finished now. But when baseball starts up again, you could find it on Bet Online. Baseball, uh, baseball, football, basketball, um, college stuff, all all up Bet Online. The easiest way to place your wagers, including some live betting and casino and card games from right from your phone. So if you want to get in on the action, you can go download the app or sign up on the website from your mobile device. And when you sign up, you use the promo code Believe, capital B L E A V, all caps, for a fifty percent welcome bonus. Match on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I wish the Giants game didn't start this week. I, I, I wish the Jets game didn't start this week either. Um, we'll start with the Jets just because they played more on Monday. It's a bit more fresh in everybody's mind. Um, I mean, seeing Josh Dobbs play the way he did for the Vikings just frustrated the hell out of me. You know, just I know. I know it's kind of not an apples to apples thing, but seeing him do what he did and just seeing Zach Wilson struggle again, it just angered me. I can only imagine they'd probably be what five and three, six and two, maybe if they had Josh Dobbs. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but well, they played one more game than that. So, um, but yeah, like five and four, yeah. five and four, six and three. I think. Wait, yeah. I... yeah um... Wait, no, I'm wrong. They're four uh, they and had, four. They had, right yeah, you, they had the no, week seven bye. I yeah, think. you 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 were right. My bad. Um, so yeah, five and three. Eh, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't trust Hackett. Like Hackett would just. I don't. I, do we know Dobbs would look as good as he's looked in New York? Like, yeah, it's a fair point. Hackett would probably just try to keep him in the pocket and just run the same <laughs> offense he does with every other quarterback. I don't know. Uh, this isn't like a defend Zach Wilson thing, but Hackett's awful, man. That was. That was a terrible game plan he had Monday night. And, of course, they're not helped by, uh, you know, the punt return for a touchdown and falling into a big hole. They don't want to do that. But 
there are some teams you just have to be prepared to throw out of the gate against. And the Chargers are like number one on that list. They have a great defensive line, terrible pass defense. And the Jets just weren't ready to do that. And just before you knew it, it was 14 nothing. Um so yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson needs to play a lot better. Two straight weeks now, although he he finished the Giants game strong. Um but two straight week straight weeks now he's kind of regressed and has Jets fans who were not excited that Zach Wilson was their quarterback, but we're fine with it. Back to counting the clock until Aaron Rodgers can step back on the field. Um, which, by the way, like, go back and listen to our show after week one. We were talking about how amazing a feat it would have been if Aaron Rodgers stepped foot on the field. Like, I don't know what they put in his ankle that he's already looking the way he does as a 40-year-old man, but I don't know. That's just – that's crazy to me. Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar, there was videos of him like dropping back and passing this week. Um, and I don't believe he was in a boot. I believe he was in sneakers. So, I mean, the Cam Akers timeline from a couple years ago, that was a little bit more into, you know, right before training camp preseason type of stuff. And he came back in the postseason. For Rodgers to nearly be on the brink, or at least seem like he's on the brink of coming back maybe in, in like a month or so, after tearing his Achilles on the Monday night of week one. That's ridiculous stuff. Like I I'm shocked. Um I, I'm I hope he doesn't rush himself back and hurt it again because that would be devastating. But from the way it looks, the Jets are gonna be fighting for that last wild card. And every game's gonna count. He's gonna be pushing to come back. You can tell just because of like you know how he's really managed himself over the course of this injury. Right, he's been around the team, he's been on the headset talking to Zach, just still being in touch with everybody as much as he can. I think he's going to come back and play in the regular season, and I think for better or for worse, even if they're out of it, he's going to force himself back on the field. Yeah, that'd be that'd be wild to me, and I feel like it would be. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I do feel like it would be irresponsible of both him and the Jets if, like, let's just say they lose, you know, the next three games. Um, are they out of it then? No. But are, is there a really good chance they make the playoffs? Not really. Yeah. And if Aaron Rodgers says, like, oh, I, I feel good and maybe I can guess, like, dude, just just wait until next season. Like, let's get you to 100. Like, let's get you as close to 100% <laughs> as you can. You're, you're old, like. It's cool that you are trying so hard. I don't know. I just the only way I would risk it is if they keep hanging in there around the six or seven seed, and the defense just looks Super Bowl worthy. Like this is the year they could win with solid quarterback play. And then obviously you need Aaron Rodgers to pass physicals and just make sure double triple check that he's good to go. But. It's crazy. I mean, God, this is just such a shitty week. To like, there's this is the more I don't even want to say interesting. This is the game where there's more to talk about. Like, and there's nothing to talk about. This is the Chargers just walloped them, and the Jets had nothing. Like, this was I don't even know what what to say. The defense didn't play bad. Punter turned for a touchdown, got out of hand. The offense didn't help them. They were behind the eight ball. Uh, 11 tight end targets, only one to Jeremy Rucker. Like, 
I yeah, don't, it's, it's, just, it's the same thing we've been talking about for weeks. Stupid. What are they doing? CJ Uzoma with two catches for 11 yards on five targets. Like, cool, dude. I know I'm not saying it's his fault, but just play Jeremy Ruckert. It's not, it's not hard. <laughs> um, I guess, okay, here's one thing I think we can talk about. Uh, I thought, I know, yeah, he only had two catches. I thought Xavier Gibson played a cool, played a good offensive game. I thought he was, um, I mean, of course, Garrett Wilson just always stands out. He found a way to have seven for 80, but I thought Xavier Gibson was, I would, he should be getting the Allen Lazard snaps at this point. Um, or a good majority of them. And if you need a better example, one of his catches was the exact same throw that Zach made to Alan Lazard against the Giants. The exact same one. Up the left sideline, the original read is to Garrett Wilson underneath. Zach Wilson looks him off, gets the gets the cornerback to commit, and then throws the second-level uh, route behind Gibson, just like he did Lazard, threw it to the one spot where the defender wasn't, Except last week, whereas Lazard waited for the ball, allowed the defender to recover and get the pass breakup, Gibson veered towards the ball and ran and and met the ball before the defender had a chance to break it up. And it's just little things like that that are the difference between a catch and not a catch. Um, Gibson is absolutely a bright spot on this team, and I hope the Jets keep featuring him more and more because I think he's super talented. Yeah, and just to build off of that earlier point, right, Jeremy Ruckert played, uh, I believe, 42% of snaps last week, and for some reason he went down to 28 this week. Now CJ Uzoma, 47% last week, 35% this week. I just don't understand why he can't usurp, you know, Uzoma for that tight. I mean, we're not even asking him to be tight end one, right? Like, we're not getting greedy here. We just want a little crumb of bread. We want him to be tight end two. I mean... I could give us something, man. Give us anything. And then Xavier Gibson, uh, this was encouraging. He played 60% of snaps, 6-0. Um, just sounded like I said 16, but he played 60. And that's somebody who we were calling for a couple weeks ago to, to get on the field a lot more because the EPA per play with him on the field as, as compared to Randall Cobb was the difference of a positive and a negative number, right? Like that stuff matters. And I don't think the Jets didn't get open in this game. Like, Garrett Wilson's going to be open just like Jamar Chase, right? They're, they're both 7-11. They're open 24 hours a day. And then Gibson, I thought, had a nice game. I thought he was winning on a decent amount of his routes. And then you throw Brees Hall in there. I thought the game plan with Brees was pretty weird, as an, as a Nate Hackett game plan usually is. Like, there, was, there wasn't much outside stuff for Brees. And um, the one play that he really kind of got going downfield on the screen was uh, a Garrett Wilson P.I., I believe it was. I think that's what because he engaged on the block before the pass was thrown. So it was a shit night, man. Honestly, just the ball couldn't stop rolling in the Chargers' favor. That's really what it was. It was snowballing. The Jets couldn't find the momentum back. And it's deflating when you see that kind of stuff because, yeah, you're winning ball games, right? You're 4-4. Four and four. But the football is ugly. And, you know, you wait all year, you get your expectations up, you get your hopes up. And there's just something about watching ugly football. Like, do the Chargers win a lot of games? No, right? Go back to last year, the way they missed the playoffs, stupidest reason ever. 
Um, even this year, they're four and four, same record as the Jets. But the Chargers are entertaining. The Chargers are must see TV whether they play an 0 17 team or they play a 17 and 0 team because they're going to make it a ball game either way, right? And I, I don't want I don't want to dismiss winning games entirely, but to some and to some degree, right? Like as fans, we don't want to just sit there and gouge our eyes out for a win. No, it, it, there's a there's a certain level of aesthetic that you know you can have, and not be a total Arthur Smith and be like, oh well, you know, we don't care about the forward pass. We're just gonna run it with Dalvin Cook every game, you know, fifteen times. Like you can be entertaining, man. And a lot of times, the entertaining stuff, coaches don't want to recognize this, but the entertaining stuff is how you win ball games: flash plays, explosives, cutting the field in half. You know, on, on one play, they get you right into field goal range. Stuff like that. Taking a gamble with a blitz, with a slot corner blitz. And it's just frustrating. I And it's both the New York teams, really. Honestly. And speaking of the ball seem, seeming to go against the Jets or towards the Chargers... Like, the Jets, you know, we were talking the last time we spoke. They could have been 5-3, and three. They and then they're getting a struggling Raiders team. They could have been looking at 6-3, and three, you know. Like, now all of a sudden they lose this game badly. And the Raiders <laughs> have the most momentum that they've had all season. I don't, like, they bench the struggling quarterback. They have a coach who they seem to want to play for. And they just went out and just like I know the Giants. I know Daniel Jones got hurt, but like that wasn't that wasn't a game even before Daniel Jones got hurt. It was it was very clear which direction that was going even before the Daniel Jones injury. The Raiders came to play that day, yeah, um, for whatever reason. And so now the Jets, you know, they're one and a half point favorites. I'll be honest, I kind of like the Raiders' side of that. Like I, I just. A national football, or excuse me, a national TV game that those don't usually seem to go too well for the Jets. <laughs> Must win Zach Wilson game on the road with oh, this yeah, pumped yeah. up Raiders team playing for. I don't. I don't know. Uh, what do you think of that game? Because I, I, I like the Raiders side. I think. Well, one thing I want to talk about with the Raiders is Antonio Pierce. Say what you want, you know. If you want to say he only got the job because he used to play in the NFL or whatever, because the guys like him, sure. But there's a lot of stuff that I've seen from Antonio Pierce, right? Like he had the practice squad guys on field level for the game this week against the Giants. And when the tweet that I saw his interview in, it made a point to say, you know, this usually does not happen. And Antonio Pierce spoke about it and he was like, just. I want these guys to soak it in too, right? Like, these guys practice with us. These guys work hard. They deserve to be on the field too. And I think that goes a long way, man. Like, you saw so many post-game videos in the locker room. These guys are smoking cigars and hanging out with, with the owner. I don't. I forgot if it's Al or Mark Davis. But it's total 180-degree shift of the vibes, right? Like, it went from being a boot camp with Josh McDaniels to just being, all right, guys, we're going to play football. We're going to have fun. We're going to be loose. Trust yourself. Go make a play with Antonio Pierce. Like, 
Sometimes that's all you need. And their defense responded, right? Like, besides Max Crosby, there was guys making plays everywhere. Marcus Peters dropped the pick. Should have Might have been a pick six. Um, I, I thought the linebackers, besides on a couple plays where Saquon ripped off long runs, specifically uh, Spillane, their captain middle linebacker, I thought he had a pretty good game. And <laughs> it's, it's going to be a thing for the Jets where, like you said, the Raiders got the most momentum they have this entire season. They're playing them next. And then next they play – is that when they go to Buffalo? Yeah, they're going to they're go to Buffalo at home in desperate need of a win. Maybe coming off a win against the Broncos. We'll see what happens there. But it's not going to get easier for the Jets. That, that, was, that was a pretty big game for them to have won this weekend, and unfortunately it slipped. Yeah, the the Jets would have. I mean, they need not needed, but it would have been nice if they took care of business. Um, I'm gonna. I, I know you just you know went on a nice little uh, monologue about um, Antonio Pierce, but I'm just gonna pass it back over to you because I don't, I don't know what to say about the Giants. Like, how long oh, yeah. do we spend? How long do we spend on the Giants? Like, I, I mean, I know you're the fan, and maybe people want to hear what I have to say, but like. If you thought I was negative about the Jets, like I don't know what to say. <laughs> like there's just there's nothing good to say about anything that's yeah. happening. And like, how can anybody tune in? How can anybody wake up and be like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna listen to a podcast about the state of the Giants. Like that's what I want. Like I like I don't know. I'm not criticizing anybody listening to this. I appreciate every single person listening to this. <laughs> what I'm saying is that like, are you? Are, I'm genuinely curious if you're like hate listening. Like I would love feedback. Are you hate listening? Are you? Do you want more long-term big picture stuff? Because I just can't imagine you wanting to hear my thoughts on Tommy DeVito. Like, and I don't think DeVito looked awful. Like, at least they let him throw this week. He ended up 15 for 20. Um, see what he's got next week. I, I know he's not in their long-term plans, but I just feel like I feel like every Giants fan right now is just like thinking about two names, basically. Caleb Williams and Drake May. You know, like, and that's it. So I mean. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Con, but I, I feel like that's where it's at. No, I mean, that's where I'm at. And the minute DJ went down, immediately it was like, all right, just back it in. You know, tight reds on IR. Believe it or not, there's a contingent of fans who still are like, you know, if we get the second pick, we should trade down and fill out the roster. And I'm like, oh, my God, man, you guys love torture. You love, You guys are all masochists. It it's not going to happen again. Where you have can you can you explain something to me before you before you, there's that same contingent. I've seen so much of like like I get feeling sorry for Daniel Jones about the injury. He's a human being. Nobody you don't wish injury on anybody, of course. Um, but this whole like like I this whole like you deserve better. He got four seasons. Like, am I wrong for thinking like he? He got his chance. He got yeah. This is I. I wasn't including this year. I mean, like oh, okay. he played three or four games a season. Gotcha. He got you know. He got four to five. He got four seasons of football to show that he deserved. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't buy into. Like, could the Giants have given him more talent? Sure, but he's not the only quarterback to suffer from that. I promise you that there are quarterback situations all across the league where. 
quarterbacks have bad offensive lines and poor skill position players. Jones isn't like Jones got a way longer leash than a ton of other quarterbacks do. And I, I get feeling sympathy for him for the injury. I just don't get, I don't, I don't get the, Oh man, like we should keep Jones because we've done him dirty. Like at a certain point you just need, you need something new. Yeah. The, the thing that kind of doesn't sit right with me is that this is probably the year where he has the most the most to work with on offense. He had continuity. Um, not you know Andrew Thomas and Saquon weren't there for a big chunk, but it's not like he came back this week with both of them healthy and played great, right? The, I know he got hurt, you know, and forgot exactly what point of the game it was, but. Before he got hurt, he didn't look good at all. And call it what you may, maybe he still wasn't healthy from that neck injury. But I said this when Graham Gano missed the kick. I'm going to say this now. If you're in the game, I cannot give you an injury excuse. Unless you have a hand injury on your right hand and you're a quarterback, right? Then that's all there is to it. Like, that's the only way I'd give you a pass. Um... It sucks because this was by far his worst year of being Giants quarterback, in my opinion, like bar none, even Jason Garrett years. And it's just wild, man. I didn't think the contract was going to play out like this, right? Um, I know a lot of people were against it from day one. I wasn't because I thought there was a real chance for him to, to level up. That's totally done. And... I know there's going to be a lot of people who shit on him, a lot of people who think he should be the quarterback still next year, like I said earlier. But I think people can recognize, like, it wasn't the, wasn't the best player, but, you know, not even close to it. But he was one tough son of a bitch, man. Like, all respect to him, in my opinion. I, I That's all I wanted to say, um, touching on DJ, because how many quarterbacks would come back early come back not right, have that torn ACL and, and just run it off and be like, all right, no, nah, I'm good. Go back in the game and, you know, still put their body on the line like that. The stuff I saw from Giants fans, maybe this was an isolated thing, but I saw somebody post a drop back where he fell, and I was like, you're ridiculous, man. You know, go ahead. You, you, know you know who would do that? Who did do that? Who? Oh. <laughs> Jason J. Cutler in the 2010 NFC Championship game. If you recall, he tore his, tore his, tore his ACL against the Packers, uh-huh. and he, everyone everyone trashed him because he was so bad in that game. And it came it came out like a year later that he was he played a whole drive like on the torn ACL. Like the linemen were like, "Dude, we hear the bone snapping every step," but he like he just refused to come out. So. Good. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's great. That's great company for Daniel Jones, one of the, one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, Jay Cutler, <laughs> a, a true franchise guy, a true franchise guy who loves you're America. Da- you're, da- you're damn right. If I could do it all over, if I could do it all over again, we never we never hire McDaniel's, never trade Cutler, and um, yep. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yep. Two, two guys who love football. And, and <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah. Daniel's era is going to be over here. Um, that's all I want to say. And I just want to – people aren't going to recognize him for 
being the tough guy that he was. He always ran through a tackle. I, I just respect that he played, even though he wasn't the best quarterback. Um, Building off of that, I'm not even going to talk about the Raiders game because it was pretty dog shit. I'm not going to touch on it at all. I'm, I'm just going to say that Justin Pugh and Andrew Thomas played great together. Thomas got beat a couple times, but pretty much to be expected coming back from a hamstring injury for two months. And uh, as a little treat to Giants fans, look forward to something. Before, before you start this, one more shout out. Jalen uh, yeah. Jalen Hyatt played another good game. You don't. Oh yes, yes. It's really it's really hard to create separation like that ever, and he did it twice against the against the same team. Like he could have just had two touchdown, like walk in touchdowns. You know, like yeah. Uh, that's I mean, in my opinion, he's a really talented receiver, and the Giants have something there. Yeah, I agree, and hopefully with somebody who. You know, maybe a Caleb May, uh, Caleb May, uh, Caleb Williams, or a Jake May. You can finally see him get loose. But until then, I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch, or count my whatever the saying is. I don't care. Um, but to get into it, so I did a mock draft. Um, I had the Giants pick in second overall. In second spot, we took Drake May. I'm not going to talk too much about that because it's a bunch of quarterback stuff and haven't done evaluations and all that stuff. So whatever. But um, getting into the late first, I had us trading up from the early second into the late first and taking a Mecca Ibuka from Ohio State, really versatile receiver, uh, somebody who I think is realistic in that spot. I really wanted to take Rome Odunze from uh, Washington, but I don't think he's going to be there. I was watching him a lot this weekend, and then, honestly, I, I was watching him, and I was like, he kind of reminds me of Jamar Chase, like 6'2", 215, with the way he wins jump balls and creates the act, like that guy is sick, bro. I, I highly recommend everybody watches him because he had me, he had me cheesing. Um, but Ekbuka, a solid guy, could be slot, could be on the outside, and just just a great separator. I think you know the Giants have their speed guy in Hyatt. They have the kind of short area guy in Wandale, and I think Ekbuka is the guy who can come in and kind of demand like eight to ten targets a game if he if he grows in the way that I think he can. Um, so Ikbuka, a little bit more of an unrealistic guy, Romo Dunze, two guys for you guys to look for. Um, I thought this next pick was interesting. I took Jonathan Brooks at the end of the second round. Um, don't know what's going to happen with Saquon. I assume he's getting a franchise tag. I also wouldn't put it past us giving him an extension. Um, now that Jonathan Taylor signed for three years, $42 million. And Saquon doesn't look to have lost any lateral agility at all. So. I think they might be as comfortable giving him a two, three-year deal this year as they were last year. But I wanted to highlight Brooks in case that doesn't happen. A really good runner from Texas. I, I love how he runs. He, he reminds me a lot of Cam Akers pre-Achilles. Uh, pre um, six foot, I think he's like 210, 215. And he, he handles a lot of the workload for them. So in the case that Saquon were to leave, I think – He's somebody you're comfortable giving 15 to 20 touches to a week. And then lastly, I wanted to pick somebody for the O-line. Chris Mahogany from uh, Boston College, offensive guard. Obviously, it's hard to kind of highlight without putting tape on here for you guys to see, but I, I just, by the athletic profile, um, I think he's like 6'5", uh, around there. Um, athletic guy. Uh, sorry, 6'4", 6'4", 325. Uh, athletic guy. 
And BC's done well with their offensive guards recently. You remember uh, Zion Johnson being in the first round a couple of years ago, went to the Chargers, and he's developed fantastically in the NFL. So uh, the Leo Williams trade is going to be something that we look back on, and I think we are really happy about going forward because there's a lot of great prospects in this draft. I was going through the receivers, and besides Marv, I mentioned Odunze, I mentioned uh, Mecca Guka, but you also have Malik Neighbors, Xavier Worthy, you have guys like Troy Franklin um, and tons of guys who I'm also forgetting. I think there's like eight receivers who I think could be top 40-ish picks this year. So great draft for teams who need receiver. Go figure. Sorry. Right. Um, good. No, I just forgot I was muted. Um, yeah, that's – I mean, that all sounds good to Giants fans. I'm not as in tune with the mock draft, so all I can say is from a – more macro perspective. I think the Giants need a lot of help. Um, <laughs> oh, much, I mean, uh, <laughs> pretty much across the board. I've seen I've seen tweets from Giants fans that are just like, you know, there are under ten players on the roster that they really want to keep. You know, um, and if that's even close to true, and you know, like obviously Banks, there's a guy you want, you know, a flop, you know, like you're. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, I assume people are fine with him sticking around. He's been amazing this year. Andrew Thomas, uh, you know, we're going through it, but this does leave a lot of spots where it's like, okay, we could use this, we could use that. How, where is the line for you where you're not considering trading your first round pick for a package? Is there a line? Like if they get, let's just say they got the sixth pick. Would you and somebody offered them a multi-pick package? Would you consider trading down if, but if you knew both May and Caleb Williams are off the board, is that the line for you, or are there other guys in the top five where you're like, no, I'm not trading out of that. I I want him. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wall and drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wall and wherever you get your podcasts.